0: All right, we're here on Athletes Connection today with my friend, my mentor, Selwyn Brown. How are you doing today? Doing well, man, doing well. Had a great conversation uh, earlier in the week with your son, Devontae, a UCF signee, and uh, we we definitely talked a lot about his process, and I just wanted to to get into it with you to hear your take. Um, But you had your own career. You had your own success, and, We'll talk a little bit about that today. I'm going to hit you with my hot takes first before we get started. You got 5 seconds to respond. Okay. <laughs> All right, your your favorite uh NCAA stadium to play in besides UM.
1: There's no other there's no favorite. There's no favorite. Uh, no the Orange Bowl. Was, the Orange Bowl was the best. There's well, we no We can't favorite. talk
0: about the OB. So if all you, right,
1: um, arena, let's uh, say probably
0: University of Michigan. University of Michigan. All right, so your yeah. memorable game in college. Probably Oklahoma game, championship game. Eighty seven championship, championship game. game. All right. Most tackles you ever had in a college game.
1: Uh, probably average probably nine, ten,
0: ten tackles. Exceptions in one game. One. One all right do you know your total career interceptions from the safety's position Um, not really but probably five six seven (laughs) okay um football has changed a lot what's the difference between the 80s era and now
1: well i think the difference between the 80s and now would be kids right now have an edge um the, the training that they receive now at such an early age, um, the the agilities, the hands-on at such an early age um, is more advanced than what we had when we were in the 80s. So I think that's one of the biggest differences. You see kids right now as little as six years old, man, be out there grinding and, and working on their agility. And so if they continue to do that, they're ahead of the game when they get into the middle school and, and get to high school.
0: Uh, see, for you, I thought – The first thing you would have said was the physicality. You know, back in the day, you guys played and you came from an era and a a program that's known for just getting down and dirty. I've seen some of your youth teams, and you always preach defense, sound, fundamental, and um, I I know that was developed at an early start for you. Where did you get that discipline from? Did it come from high school? Did it come from home? Did it come from the U? Uh, What is your approach, and how did you develop that? Well,
1: it, it really came from me um, playing when I was a little boy and it was about a mindset. We used to have a field next to our house and um, everybody used to come there to play sandlot football and we used to play tackle football and um, I used to kind of be aggressive and everybody used to say, man, uh, so when you can hit, you can hit. <laughs> and um, I, And I took that seriously, it was a mindset. And I took that, that, that one thought that, man, you're a good tackle. I took it in the Little League football. So when I started playing Little League football, I, I did the same thing. I, was, uh, I used to earn all county all honors and I'd be one of the top hitters. And then when I came to high school and then when I came to college, so it, just, it kind of followed me all the way through. And so um, it was just a mindset that I developed when I was little and I just kept it um, all the way through to
0: adult. So you got two boys that play football. Have any of them kind of taken that knack from you and develop that game, that mentality of a striker between the two? Uh, yes. Devontae, Devontae and
1: DeMari are different, um, but I think both of them, I call Devonte the quiet storm. Um, Devontae will knock your head off. Okay. Um, and Devontae does have a physicality about him, but he, he has, he's just a quiet demeanor. But when you put him on the field, he's going to compete. Um, DeMari okay. the same way. DeMari is just a little bit more rambunctious than Devontae, <laughs> Um, But DeMari is going to bring that fire. You know, he's going to bring that fire, too. But Devontae will. You know, Devonte is not passive. He's not scared. Um, he he would knock your head off. And he will make tackles. He's not scared to stick his head in there.
0: All right. So you just came through a, a period of, of sitting back and waiting. I know after your playing days, you, you, you went on from the U. I think you, you did get drafted. You had a chance to play a short stand in the league, and then you went into coaching. Um, how did that transition go from you from being the player to now the director of, of men?
1: Well, um, I kind of fell into coaching. I I tell you, I kind of fell into coaching, man, and it it all evolves around you playing ball and then you think that, you know, you're a pretty smart player and then um, you have opportunity to coach. And and that's how I got into teaching also. So it wasn't anything that planned. So I started coaching, man, and started loving what I was doing. Um, Always believed in certain things um, that I learned as I was growing up and even through college that – um, if I did have a chance, coach, it was about um, raising men to be student athletes because I understood uh, what my education uh, did for me and the opportunity that it granted me. Um, so even when I became a head coach at Board Anson High School, it was all about raising student athletes and making sure that you take care of your academics first.
0: Okay. So right now, I know you currently sit as an administrator down at Miramar High School. Um How's your impact now that you're not coaching? How are you still involved or connected or helping young men on a daily basis, even the athletes? Well, even today, man, you know our young
1: black men—they um, just need a lot of guidance. You know, a lot of them come from dysfunctional households, broken families, and a lot of them just need guidance. So I just try to be that 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 role model, that, that father figure for them—a um, place that where if they need to talk. Um, if they need advice that they, you know. I always have an open door policy that they can always come in and you know sit down and talk, um, to guide them, to give them that that advice that I give my own kids. You know, um, what I tell kids at school and what I tell my boys are the same. I don't. I'm not a two headed monster. I preach one message: um, make good choices, make good decisions, and make sure that you're taking care of what you need to take care of. Um, your academics is first. Uh, don't talk about you want to be a football player or you want to go to school. You have a, a 0.6 GPA. It's not going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: no. and so um, it, it's all about just, you know, dotting your eyes, crossing your T's, make them understand that you must have a foundation, a solid foundation, but it starts with your academics. So, again, even in Little League, we talk about being student athletes and academics. High school, same thing, and even with my boys. So the message is the same.
0: So I know for you, like, you you really take this, this mentor thing seriously. I mean, there's even been a spell in my life where you had to just come on and help me just shape as a man. And at the end of the day, I know it's genuine because, like you said, it don't change. It don't change from your home. It don't change at work. Um, even in the life of my son, who's your godson, you continue to give him the same message. So it is genuine. Now, with that, how does all of that come out of somebody who participated in an era of the you <laughs> that's been documented uh, in TV series and everything else. I have to ask you, please tell me about the Penn State Bowl game. How did the fatigues, you guys walking out of dinner, please go through that. Let me know.
1: <laughs> well, the fatigues is somebody, um, I think, before we got on the plane, somebody Um, before we boarded the bus to go to the airport, somebody said something about fatigues. So it wasn't a, you know, it was just an idea, and we bought into it. So we all went, you know, scurrying around to to purchase fatigues, whatever, and uh, we got off the plane with our fatigues. Um, As a matter of fact, Jimmy Johnson, you know, he wasn't on the plane, but he really didn't make a big issue of it. Um, The media was the one that, you know, blew it out of proportion. So uh, my head coach didn't really make a big issue. And then... You know we were eating um uh, dinner that night together, and you know Jerome Brown was um uh, my roommate you know you know he yeah,
0: you know, we he, was a,
1: yeah he was a free spirited guy yeah.
0: and so um
1: <laughs> and so um you know he just said you know something about you know the Japanese eat with the <laughs> whatever and and we ended up walking out man and so and then it, it got even more. Um, media coverage, you go to the Penn State, you're the top team and then you end up losing. So, you know, that hyped it up even more. Um, But uh, Coach Johnson didn't really care, but it just got blown out of proportion, especially since we lost that game. Yeah. So then we
0: go back to that. I got one more. The infamous Bosworth story. Yeah. Did you guys really get on the phone and figure out what room he was in the night before the game and Give them a few phone calls to keep them up. Yeah, they 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 did. They said I did it, but it wasn't me. But they did it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they did it. <laughs> it wasn't me, but they did it. <laughs> yeah, we we had some um we had some guys some very free spirited guys, man. They were they were bold, um but they could back it up though. They could back it up. They walked the walk and they talked the talk. So I,
0: I see you. You got you got the hardware and the jury to to to. Be able to carry those legacies. And I know that those conversations have come up with your boys. Um, how did that play um, into this recruitment when you went through this process with uh, Devontae? Um, I know at first it started off hit or miss kind of slow, then it, it just picked up rapid fire. And then all of a sudden, here goes your school knocking at the door. Please just walk us through that process for you as the parent. How did that go for you?
1: Uh, to me, uh, it was no pressure um, being there, done that. Um, again, I work at a high school. So again, a lot of the coaches that come through the high school, you know, I, I even know of met um, here, or there. So uh, to me, it, it was, it really was no pressure. I um, even for Devontae, um, basically, um, I left him to handle that whole process. I'm just a parent. If you need help, if you have questions, you know, you can ask. Um, but for, for basically, he, he took that um, for myself, I was just standing in the background um, just to make sure I said, hey, man, we got time. Don't let a school pressure you. Um, you know, even when we took a visit to Pittsburgh, they wanted to answer, you know, hey, we got time, man. Um, I got some other things, I want, other schools I want to look at. And so just patience and just keep doing what you're doing. Keep focusing on your academics. Keep working and keep playing hard. So those were the things that we focus focused on. The recruitment part was just it's fun, and just to get out, and to get them to a school and a university just to see that whole process. University of Pittsburgh was their first recruiting trip. and um, took both of the boys and uh, um, it was a great it, trip, I, great trip, I, and a great experience. I did
0: ask him about that. I asked him uh, what was his sole reason for taking his little brother along. And it seemed like every time they went on a visit, it made his day because The school showed Damari so much love. They let him dress up. They let him take the pictures. They let him be a part of the experience. And um, as a father with a son that's about to go through the same thing, I can see uh, me taking my middle son along as well just Mm -hmm. because it it, it made a difference in, in his demeanor. So what was your thought process for that, taking him along for this ride as well?
1: Again, for him just to see. And experience, the the same thing, knowing that um, he's coming up right behind Devontae. Um, Great experience. Um, They treated him just like he was a recruit. He did everything except go out. If they were going out late, he did everything. He said in the meetings. um, Whatever Devontae did, Damari did. And um, it was a great experience. We had a chance to do it three times. He had his own room. They had his name and all the stuff on the paraphernalia. Um, so it was just a great experience. Um. So he's ahead of the game when it comes to recruiting. Um, so he's, like I say, he's, he's done it. He's done it as a ninth grader. Three trips, flying on a plane, eating at hotels, meeting the coaches, meeting in uh, position coaches, meeting, you know, doing all the things. So um, looking at defenses and, you know, answering questions. So it, that's, that's a plus. That's a big-time plus to do that as a ninth grader. And knowing that, you know, if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll be in the same position when you're
0: senior. Oh, well, he definitely will be. He definitely will be. I don't have a doubt. Uh, just as long as he stays healthy and keep his grades, he, he's not going to have a worry. Um, with all of that, U.M. came knocking late to the park. Right. Did it Did it give you any kind of inkling to kind of say, hey, I kind of want you to follow, or did you just – you you stuck to your grounds and say, "Hey, it's it's totally up to you." No, it was
1: totally up to him. Didn't pressure him. Deep down inside, you know, um, you know, as as a a father and as a former Hurricane, you know, you will want your son to follow. That's deep, deep, deep down inside. But you know, it was his choice. It was his choice. Um, and Yoen was a great visit. Yoen yeah. was an awesome visit, man. Yeah.
0: That's he what you told me. Visit. You told me they put a lot of pressure on him. And at the end of the day, he just yeah. the connection. He felt the connection. I believe the defensive coordinator at the school he's going to is a former teammate of yours. And I, I think that for you, did that help settle you in a little bit more with UCF? No, but um it, it was again, it
1: was about Devontae. It was about what where Devontae wanted to go where he felt comfortable, where he felt the best fit. So dad was totally out of it. Um, but it was about him making that decision. It's not about, you know, I, did I want you to go to UCF or did I want you to go um, to University of Miami? Where do you think you can fit in? Where do you feel the most comfortable? Where do you think you have the report, the coaches, um, and some of the team uh, teammates that you've met? Where do you feel the most comfortable? And when the bottom line, it was UCF. Because I didn't know at the – listen, I think we had just came back from the University of Miami trip. Okay. And um, so I called him Monday. I said, man, give you a heads up. What you thinking? You know, because I didn't know. You know, I, I did know. And um, he said, Dad, UCF. I said, cool. He told me then. I said, cool. And I said, you can tell, you can let that out of the bag when you want to. But I'm I'm cool with that. So I said, you know, good choice. Congratulations.
0: Hey, man, at the end of the day, you, you've given me uh, works to to follow in a few years, and at the end of the day, I hope I can stay as patient. You know, you know, I'm a diehard Florida State fan, but I <laughs> would pressure him to go. You you dragged me down to the Hall of Fame suite to sit and watch those games, and we had great times and arguments. And I got to see the brotherhood um, that you guys developed there, even over the generations of UM fans. And that's one thing that um, I can say. Even as a Florida State Seminole fan, I do have a respect for the program that you guys have there because I've seen the brotherhood firsthand. And when you guys walk in, no matter if it's a recent grad or somebody that played before your time, you guys just come in as long as you wore that orange and green and you just locked in. Tell me, how does that bond, like, come from that university? What, what is the drawing power for all people that play there just to stay connected, no matter the culture or the era?
1: Well, it's just something that has been formed over the years. Um, and we basically started, I can remember, in 1983, uh, our freshman class. Um, we walked down US 1 to see a movie. And uh, we really didn't know each other, and we, we had a good time in the movie. And after the movie, we walked back down US 1 to the campus, and we were singing and dancing. And that's, for the next five years, that's how it was. Uh, we did almost everything together. We bonded together Um we worked hard. We took half the summer off, and we came back the other half of the summer to work and grind, and we, we did it together. And um, even at practice, we competed like no other. And then when you had the other kids that come in, they saw what we were doing, and they just replicated. And so it, it continued like that for years. And then they saw the brotherhood. You know, When we start playing in those bowl games, those guys had uh, went on to the league, they would come back. And, and support and give. So it's, it's been like that for years, man. So that's how basically how it all started
0: and continued. I was able, I was able to see uh, the great coach that brought you in develop a program at my school, and I'm a proud alum of Florida Atlantic. And um, Howard Snellenberger went there and built the program from the ground up, and I've seen it from the stage of recruiting and practicing the whole year to being one of the fastest programs to go to Division One, being one of the fastest to make it to – uh, the semifinals of one AA, and at the end of the day, I've I've seen uh, the highs and lows and just the work. So I can imagine it magnified on a scale that it was down at UM, and I've seen it even when he did it there first pers- firsthand. And I I understand the dog days of the summer. I understand like yeah uh, the the area he looks to recruit because a lot of the kids came from uh, South Florida and Orlando down, which you you came from the St. Pete area, so. I get it. And he really believes in that philosophy. And that's one thing that always was a staple of his programs. And I think that's what made it so successful because he kept kids from the state of Florida in the state. Oh yeah.
1: Plenty state. of talent, plenty of talent back then in the state of Florida, plenty, man. Still it's, is
0: today. It still is today.
1: Yeah, still is today, yeah, but they're just not staying home. <laughs> they're going <laughs> everywhere now. You know, times have changed, you know, times yeah. have changed and, you know, everybody wants to play for a winner, and so back then, ULM was winning. You know, everybody mm-hmm. wanted to be a cane. So, um, if they ever get back on the winning track, don't, uh, don't, maybe, we, don't, maybe, don't maybe we'll see a that. shift. Maybe we'll see a shift in recruiting. Hey, but but listen, uh, we're still in the top twenty in recruiting class this year. Yeah,
0: that's we had we had it pretty orange. good. That, that's apples and oranges. At the end of the day, we really don't want to hear all that. I mean, one of the the proudest moments for me was probably one of the saddest moments for you guys is, you know, those down years when y'all had four or five years in the 90s, but we were on top. Um, How was it as a diehard UM fan to to stomach during that time period? And then how great was it when the rise came when Butch Davis really rebuilt that program?
1: It was rough, man. It was rough. Uh, I can remember, man, I used to watch the games, man. I used to get so upset. (laughs) <laughs> uh, my blood pressure would go up. No, seriously. I'm being, you know, I'm being serious. I, I wanted to break my TV. And so it, yeah, it got so bad at one point, man, I just stopped watching the games. Cause I, you know, I couldn't take it. So, and um, then, you know, I, I, I told myself, man, you know, you want to let this go. So I kind of like, you know, release my emotions up. But if you're a Die Hard fan and you played and you helped build that program and to see them performing the way they perform, and, and sometimes it was just a lack of effort. Um, wasn't coaching or it could be coaching. It was, it was hard to stomach. So, um, but I had to let it go, man, and, and, and take a different uh, point of view because, boy, I, I broke my TV, sick, blood pressure out of whack,
0: everything. Oh, man. I, I You know, for me, it was nothing more joyous than that afternoons we would go down on that annual Florida State game visit and and we were on top when we had Jimbo and you guys, you were upset. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I enjoyed the moments. I enjoyed the wings afterwards. Uh, I know that's your favorite. When I do <laughs> come back down, you know we're going to have a wing appointment and a meeting. But if there's anything you could do uh, the second time around, now when Mari becomes the kid that's on the recruiting circuit, what changes would you make gearing towards his approach, or what adjustments would you make for him, knowing that you've been through it once and now you you feel you can improve because you always can improve somewhere.
1: It wouldn't be no changes made with Mari. Uh, let's say Mari's ahead of the game. Uh, he's he's ahead of the game. Uh, again, I would take the same approach. You know, if it's not broke, why change it? Okay. Um, you know, you know, Mario would take the same approach uh, once he continues to play and work hard and do the things that he needs to do. He understands what needs to be done that's on the field and in the classroom. So, you know, he's following, he's doing well in both areas. Like um, I say, if you can just stay healthy and continue to improve as, as a student athlete, he'll be just fine. Um, wouldn't change anything. Um, it's going to be about where he wants to go. When his time comes, and, and Dad will be there to support him and guide him. If you have any questions, so wouldn't change a thing. I'm, um, again, it was a smooth process with Devontae. Uh, we weren't like some parents, you know, um, you know, pulling our hair out or going crazy, to feel pressure or anything like that. It was a smooth process.
0: I believe, I believe, for them, it was the the easy part. I think Mom, Mom was a college athlete as well, correct? No, sir. She no, said, sir. Right? Mom ain't do nothing,
1: man. Mom was just yeah. a student. Hey, she my, my, she, mom looked like she ran some
0: track. <laughs> 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 no, mom. Mom didn't run. Mom was just a student, man. Okay. I know that you both are in the education system. I know that is always a priority for you guys. Uh, being that I've coached both kids uh, coming up. I, I know you guys preach it. So that's one thing that I always can say. Hey, your message is consistent. Uh, you said something a few minutes ago about lack of effort. And I, I know you preach that from a youth level. Um, your, your, your defense, again, they always swarmed around the field, 11 hats to the ball. You're always preaching, finishing the process. So those things don't change. I mean, your message don't change. And at the end of the day, I can sit here and say that as a coach, I've learned to be more patient from watching you. So, I mean, you keep doing what you're doing, coach. If you got any lasting uh, message for the viewers here that may uh, need some kind of advice or have any kind of questions, uh, please inform them now. Yeah, you just talking about, you know, being consistent,
1: man, uh, one, one of the things that I try to do with my boys, um, and, and I try to get them to understand um, what makes them do what they do, and so in the way that you learn, you learn from seeing and hearing. And so, and a lot of that stuff comes into your heart and that's how you make choices and decisions about life. And so, I just try to make them understand, you know, how you process certain things that's gonna affect your choices and decisions. And then when it comes down to certain things, it's not about changing a person, it's, it's about changing their mindsets. Because again, they can be, they can be um, thinking one way for whatever reason, and then this when dad comes in and say, you know, you have to change your mindset. And I always told them, you know, as human beings, we have a, a human tendency um, to shy away from things that are difficult. And, but I told them, you got to change your mindset. Because again, if you do something that other people don't want to do, then you gain something that they don't have. Yes. And so you, so you put yourself again, a step above them, because again, you may have a skill set or a talent that they don't have because they thought it was too hard. But you press through and you push through. So it's about changing the mindset uh, when it comes to my kids and to make them understand, yes, there are some basics, uh, foundational things that you need to do. Uh, but for the most part, when it comes to certain things, it's about changing the mindset.
0: Okay. I like it. Change the mindset. As parents, be patient. Allow your kids to go through the process. And from a playing standpoint, compete and play hard. I think those That's are five points that you had today. I appreciate you coming on the show. No problem, man. We got a prediction for next year' game. It's a new era for the Seminoles. You will. Come on. On top. Come on, man. I'm, I'm being serious come on man i would never do we'll make a. Right, we'll bet lunch chicken we'll be at lunch all right yeah you're gonna be sending me some wings <laughs> <laughs> all right man it's great talking with you today
1: same here man keep doing what you're doing man much success
0: oh no back